Hello, welcome to the Talking Michigan Transportation Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Cranson. Today, I'm going to be speaking with a veteran pollster in the state of Michigan, Bernie Porn at Epic MRA. Recently conducted uh, another poll looking at the issue of how we fund roads, uh, specifically on what we pay in tax for fuel, both gasoline and diesel fuel. That's largely how roads have been funded in Michigan and most states for um, a number of years. It's a diminishing return because of the move to electric vehicles and hybrids and just because cars are getting better mileage, uh, which is great for the environment, but not so good if that's how you fund your roads. Specifically, this question looked at whether everything you pay at the pump should actually go to the roads. Most people think that's the case already, but Michigan is one of some of the states that actually charge a sales tax on gas. And that sales tax doesn't go to roads. Most of it goes to schools. So Bernie talked about the poll, uh, what, what his findings are, and you know some of the history of these issues because uh, he's a veteran, like I said, and he knows a lot of these things. And then at the end, if you'll stay tuned, I'm resurrecting a little audio from a podcast a few years ago that paid tribute to one of the state's foremost artists, recording artists, uh, pioneers in many ways. Um, I think this is fitting since we're recording on the last day of Black History Month. So once again, I'm with Bernie Porn, who is the principal at Epic MRA, a veteran pollster in the state of Michigan. He's been at this a long time and has uh, experience in the legislature. So when he talks about his polling data, he can talk about what happens recently in the snapshot in time, but he also brings tremendous context and perspective from somebody who's been looking at public policy um, in Michigan for a long time. I I don't want to date you too much, Bernie, but uh, why don't you talk about how many years you've been doing this? Since trees were new. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And then the dinosaurs came. Yes. I, I think the first poll I did was when I was in college in 1972. You were at Aquinas College with some friends of mine, as a matter of fact. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So let's talk about the the findings of of this most recent poll. I think it's not surprising that people who already assumed that everything they pay at the pump was going to roads would say that it should. But um, and, and asked that simple way in a vacuum, most people would say, well, yeah. But then when you start explaining where that 6% sales tax that Michigan charges on fuel goes, um, you know, a lot of very important things, schools chief among them, but certainly some of that goes to revenue sharing. And a small sliver actually does go to transportation in terms of the comprehensive transportation fund, which funds transit, for instance, um, doesn't necessarily go to roads and bridges. But this gets complicated in a hurry, like everything with public policy. So I don't know. Why don't you just give me, give me the the top lines of, of your findings? Well, we asked uh, voters, uh, do you think that all of the taxes you pay at the gas pump 
should or should not go toward funding improvements to Michigan's roads and bridges. 82%, a very high number, said yes, all taxes paid should go toward funding Michigan roads and bridges. 13% said no, not all taxes should go toward uh, funding roads and bridges, and uh, 5% uh, were undecided. We then explained to them uh, that uh, Michigan is one of only six states that charges a sales tax on gas, and very little of the 6% sales tax collected at the pump goes to fund improvements to Michigan roads and bridges. In fact, the 6% uh, sales tax collected at the gas pump generates about $1.1 billion per year, but only about $50 million or less than 5% goes to the Comprehensive Transportation Fund that goes to roads and bridges. Just under $800 million goes to the school aid fund. Just over $100 million goes to local revenue sharing. And another $130 million goes to the state general fund. Would you favor or oppose legislation that would require all of the $1.1 billion in funds collected from the 6% sales tax to go toward funding improvements to roads and bridges and that number is lower than the 82%, obviously. 66% would favor such legislation, 38% strongly, and 25% would oppose it, 11% uh, strongly with 9% uh, undecided. That That is a pretty uh, strong number. And uh, when you look at the partisan breakdown of, uh, of that number, uh, on, on that question, 73% of conservatives, 66% of moderates, uh, and a lower 53% of liberals uh, uh, say they would support it. And by party, 58% uh, of Democrats, 64% of independent voters, and 75% of Republicans say that uh, they would support uh, having all of the 6% sales tax uh, going to transportation. And uh, you know, there's a lot of other demographic breakouts uh, uh, that uh, I could go over, but uh, in a nutshell, the, the, I think the political party is probably uh, the most important one because that uh, is what, uh, if in fact uh, there's an attempt to uh, push this uh, proposal, uh, that will be what the legislators will be looking at. You think, having done this for a long time and, you know, working with lawmakers and working with various advocacy groups on your polling. Is there any way to simplify this? I mean, you know, Prop A in 1994 was was framed in a way I think that was pretty simple for people to get their brains around. Prop 1 in 2015, while described um, by someone as conservative as, as Rob Fowler, who was then with the Small Business Association of Michigan as a very elegant proposal, you know, had support from both sides, yet it didn't even get 20% in the November vote that year. So yeah. uh, do you think there's a way, I mean, and, and and I think that, and you can tell me what you think, I think even though it did a lot and it would have solved a lot of public policy problems in Michigan, it was just too complicated. And anytime something's complicated, it makes it easy for the opposition to blow it apart. Is, is there any way to get this through to people? I think if you simply uh, state that the, uh, uh, 6% uh, sales tax is charged on uh, 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 tax uh, or on uh, gasoline uh, uh, at the pump and uh, uh, this proposal, proposal A or whatever it would be, uh, uh, or, well, actually it could be done, uh, could it not uh, by just the legislature or would it yeah. have to go on the ballot? Well, well I, think it, I think it could. 
uh, if, if it can be ju- done just by the legislature. Uh, all of the uh, proposed uh, legislation would take all of the $1.1 billion raised from the uh, 6% sales tax and devote it to transportation. And uh, uh, however, I do think that uh, legislatively uh, uh, you would uh, need to uh, append that by saying uh, uh, previously uh, a great deal went to uh, uh, education and also revenue sharing. And there's going to have to be some accommodation in terms of other sources of revenue to uh, meet the needs of of education and also revenue sharing, because uh, I think you will end up with uh, some pretty powerful uh, interests that will uh, suggest uh, they're not in favor of all of the money going to transportation. Well, yeah, and I mean, that, that's the problem from a public policy standpoint. A long time ago, um, and I'm sure that this goes on in various forms in other states, but you know, somehow we pitted <laughs> roads against schools for funding and you know, they're all part of basic infrastructure, right? Our education system and, and what we do to to grow youths and grow education. It's the same as the vital importance of, you know, how we get from A to B and, and you know, how we live, work and play. Transportation is part of that. And that's that was the beauty of, I think, Proposal 1 in 2015. It did not harm the schools. It raised more money overall. Um, ultimately, it was it was going to cost people more, but it was also going to deliver a lot more. Um, and again, it was easy to, to blow it apart because it was complicated. So it sounds like you're saying that you think, uh, based on your findings, you think there could be some bipartisan support for for doing this uh, and and doing it in a way that holds schools and communities that get revenue sharing harmless. Well, I think there is. And uh, uh, one of the things that I would uh, love to see uh, uh, the legislature pursue, and uh, uh, of, of course, you're going to have uh, uh, opposition from uh, business uh, and uh, probably many Republicans, and that is a, a graduated income tax, uh, much like uh, uh, Minnesota has. Uh, uh, if you were to take that same proposal and implant it in uh, Michigan uh, with uh, uh, percentages going from just under 10% for people making over a million dollars and dropping it down to uh, uh, less than uh, the 4% for those with the lowest income, uh, where a vast majority of people would pay less on a graduated income t- tax, but it would raise, uh, I think, between 4 and $5 billion. Uh, you would then be able to uh, uh, provide the funding needed for uh, education, not only holding them harmless, but providing more funding for uh, not only education, but also transportation. And uh, uh, I think uh, uh, the, the, the revenue sharing uh, uh, could be held harmless and, and possibly even an increase. And by the way, we have tested that many times, and it is supported by voters and to, to the tune of a uh, in the neighborhood of sixty five percent. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I, I mean, again, given your vast history with this, and and knowing that you talk to people and study issues in other states, why do you think this is so difficult in Michigan? Well, uh, for one thing, the proposal in 2015, that was such a hodgepodge of, uh, of uh, 
change changes and transfers and uh, uh, switching this for that and uh, uh, so much else that uh, uh, I know that the uh, uh, media folks who are working on it uh, doing focus groups uh, they had a tough time even selling it in focus groups where you could explain it and show pictures and, and everything else. Uh, and uh, when we tested it in, uh, in our polling, uh, it never broke like 30%. And uh, I knew uh, that it was going to be beaten by even more than that. And sure enough, in a survey we did at the time for uh, Kalamazoo Risa, uh, they were testing a, a special ed millage proposal. And uh, we tested that where 65 plus percent supported the special ed millage. And then the superintendent of K Risa said, with this on the ballot that the governor placed on the ballot proposal, whatever, A, a or one, number one uh, in 2015, can that have an impact? I said, it sure can. And we tested it and it showed that uh, almost 80% were gonna vote against it, which is in fact what happened. Uh, and only 51% would vote for the uh, uh, special ed millage, which is where it ended up uh, in uh, it, in Kresa. Uh, it, it is a complicated issue, uh, but uh, I think if you simplify it as much as possible, saying changing from uh, a division of how the six percent is uh, uh, is divvied up to all of it going to transportation. $1.1 billion, and the other interest held harmless by getting revenue from other sources. Uh, I think that would uh, be a good approach uh, to try and sell it. Yeah, I, I think, uh, I mean, first of all, yeah, the complications of the 2015 proposal, I, I remember well. Um, I did participated in a number of discussions and media events and presentations to try to explain it, try to just explain, not advocate one way or the other, but just explain it because people had a lot of questions. Um, and, you know, it might have done something just to educate people about how roads are funded in Michigan. Although I still see all the time um, stories and various, you know, online associations that track things, that track taxes in various states, and it'll show Michigan among the highest for gas taxes. And that should always come with a big old asterisk because if you don't include the sales tax, um, Michigan's actual gas tax is, is more in the middle. Um, yeah. you know, people like to cite Ohio all the time. You know, Ohio's gas tax is eight and, a cent, eight and a half cents higher. Even after Michigan passed the proposal in 2015 legislatively to phase in uh, a, a minor increase in fuel taxes, Ohio went for 10 cents. So now yeah. Michigan's at about 30 and they're at 38.5 and they get $250 million a year in tolling revenue from the turnpike. And, you know, people say, well, Ohio's roads are better. Well, you know, pound for pound, they're really not. But that's the perception sometime from when you're driving and when you happen to cross yeah. the border. And maybe I-75 in Toledo happened to have been worked on last year and I-75 in Monroe County hadn't been worked on for 30 years. So you just think that their roads must be better. But they'll tell you that they have a lot of challenges, too. It, this gets this gets difficult because people want to look for any excuse to not pay more and legislators don't want to have to vote for that. The governor tried really diligently, uh, you know, went across the state explaining the problem, especially with looking at crumbling bridges and couldn't get anything moved. And so she did what she could, at least for the state trunk lines that are under her jurisdiction by doing the bonding, which is, is definitely making a dent, especially in the highest traveled roads. 
Um, there's not a lot that we can do at the state level for the local roads. MDOT helps local agencies with the bridge bundling and other assistance that they can provide. But getting a comprehensive solution like you're talking about that would help, you know, all local roads, uh, city, village, county, and state trunk lines, um, I just think it would it would be a huge thing for our tourism industry and for so many businesses that talk about, um, you know, the difficulty in attracting new business. That would attract, I think, a, a lot of new business. And, and if it was part of a, uh, a comprehensive uh, uh, business uh, uh, attract, attraction plan, I think it uh, uh, would be well worth it. Uh, however, you, you cannot leave uh, education uh, nor uh, revenue sharing out uh, and take money away from them. Uh, so I think that needs to be part of the equation uh, in terms of uh, finding more money. And a, a good approach to do that would be uh, uh, going to a graduated uh, income tax as one approach. Uh, other than that, uh, uh, you know, you could probably raise uh, uh, sales tax, but you then uh, get into, uh, I think, uh, more difficulty selling that to, to Democrats. And even, uh, you know, putting all of uh, this money, uh, $1.1 billion of the sales tax uh, into transportation, there is less support among Democrats than there are among independents, and certainly less than there is among Republican voters. But yeah. uh, there, there's, there may well be a greater reluctance uh, to do that among Republicans. Republican legislators uh, than uh, either Democrats or, or uh, those that uh, are in competitive districts. Yeah, the regressive nature of the sales tax is always going to be a problem for some lawmakers. But I, I think you you make a good point about how this all has to be balanced. I, I wondered about your findings too, whether we've made a dent at all in helping people to understand that um, the reason that roads have been so challenged in our state for a long time aren't because anybody's doing anything wrong. Uh, the contractors, the various road agencies that offer the contracts and work on designing these things follow national specs. The Federal Highway Administration has, you know, their own policies and procedures. There's an association, the American Association of State Highway Transportation Officials, that set these rules and everybody's doing basically the same thing with the same kind of materials. It's just about how much you invest. Um, you know, Michigan has become a national leader in what's called asset management, meaning tackling the system and repairs from a scientific standpoint, using data to inform decisions, um, not just because they're innovative thinkers, but because they had to do something to make the money go further because there just yeah. isn't enough of it. So yeah. what, what did you find about that in terms of people's perceptions of how roads are maintained? Well, we have on a number of occasions uh, tested uh, uh, perception of uh, condition of the roads, and it has. We haven't done it uh, probably in the last year and a half or so, but it has been uh, rather negative. I mean, uh, at one point it was like 94% uh, uh, negative uh, rating, uh, but it has been improving. And uh, not long ago, we did some testing as to whether or not people preferred blacktop or preferred cement and they all uh, they fairly uh, uh, convincingly preferred uh, blacktop and uh, uh, however they thought it would not last as long uh, but I knew at the time uh, that uh, if you uh, prepare where you're going to lay uh, new uh, 
materials for uh, roads uh, that uh, if you uh, properly uh, do the uh, uh, setup for the for the uh, blacktop, that that can work very well. Yeah, it's interesting when you say blacktop. Uh, that's you know to people in the industry, they're thinking of that as asphalt or hot mix asphalt. Yeah, they call yeah. it HMA, um, and, and cement is what is in, in concrete. So it's usually thought of, and you know, I probably have been at this long enough now that I I know some of these things that I didn't used to know as a journalist. But um, yeah, the concrete versus asphalt debate is is a heavy one and it's a it's an important competition in order to keep prices down that we need all the industries to be healthy do, do you get any sense of why people said that that they think that asphalt or blacktop is is better than concrete i think I think a lot of it has to do with uh, not understanding what uh, what are state and what are local roads uh, that uh, uh, they uh, a, lot, a lot of communities have uh, uh, not done all that well uh, in terms of uh, maintaining, maintaining local roads. And if there is an area where that is occurring and uh, most of your driving is on uh, local roads and not that much on state roads, uh, you uh, uh, tend to uh, view uh, the uh, pavements uh, negatively. Uh, uh, and, and so I think that that's a big part of the equation how it is perceived because a lot of people don't think, oh, this is a local road and it's uh, not as uh, uh, well uh, uh, built uh, as uh, as a state road uh, uh, that uh, I uh, uh, go on uh, maybe a couple times a week. That's interesting too, because you said, I think part of that, even, even if they thought one lasted longer than the other, they, in other words, you know, you get more bang for your buck, they still feel like, one is better in the short term in terms of just their driving experience. Is that basically what you found? Yeah, they, uh, pe- people thought that uh, uh, blacktop or asphalt was uh, was smoother riding. Uh, uh, it uh, uh, was uh, better in uh, in uh, bad weather, uh, 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 whereas uh, uh, cement uh, was more uh, uh, lasting in terms of uh, uh, road construction. But uh, uh, they didn't like driving on it as much. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. The Michigan Department of Transportation reminds you that when a vehicle collides with another vehicle, person, or other object, it is a crash, not an accident. By reducing human error, we can prevent crashes and rebuild Michigan roads safely. Boy, uh, Peter Taylor, who is a Ph.D. that heads up uh, National Concrete Institute at Iowa State University and somebody I've talked to frequently about these issues, would definitely beg to differ and would talk a great deal about, uh, you know, really well-made concrete and how long it can last and how, you know, how resilient it can be. So this is this is a debate that will probably never be settled. That's for sure. Well, bringing this this back home. um, are you optimistic at all, knowing that we still have a uh, very divided government, um, very, very close in both the uh, the House and the Senate? The Democrats have control. Actually, it's it's tied now in the House. Um, do you have any faith that, that something could happen over these? Uh, well, really, in, in this year, I guess, perhaps in lame duck. Um, what's your I don't know if you had to bet, what would you say? 
I would probably say that it, uh, it is unlikely because uh, there are other issues that uh, uh, may well be more uh, critical to uh, deal with uh, uh, than transportation. Plus, uh, I think there's a, an awareness that uh, there is federal funding that is available or still coming in. Uh, I think over the next, what, five years, four years, five years uh, uh, in terms of uh, uh, funding for transportation? Yeah, the IIJA, Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. Um, and uh, definitely. and uh, is that somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, uh, six or seven billion dollars, I think? Yeah, for for Michigan, it it's definitely helping, especially at the at the local level. A lot of that money was reauthorization. Um, you know, these reauthorizations happen every few years under different acronyms. Um, it's 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 all helpful, but it would certainly be setting false expectations to think that at all um, was enough money to solve you know Michigan's problems, which are decades in the making. No, it's it's enormous in terms of the uh, uh, need to uh, provide funding for uh, uh, road construction. But uh, I really think that a part of the that, that it has to be enough so that uh, uh, local roads uh, can be uh, a part of the solution because uh, uh, you will continue to have that negative perception if most people are driving on local roads and not all communities are uh, maintaining them as uh, well as they can. And we have tested local roads, perception of local roads in a lot of communities, and and they will vary from 90% negative to uh, 70% positive in some communities. And we have, in some communities, had had it as high as uh, 70%. One was my hometown of Flushing, (laughs) where a few years ago, where we we did a survey. Well, and as you know, in this most recent election, uh, this, this, on primary day, there were a handful of local roads issues uh, on the ballot across the state, yes. and most of them did did well. And I think, uh, yeah. you know, the city of Grand Rapids in 2014 overwhelmingly passed an income tax for streets, and the the leaders at the time uh, in the city of Grand Rapids were very aggressive about getting that money on the street. You know, so a lot of that work was going on right away, so people could see it. I think it would probably pass again um, because. People get it when you can actually see the work going on. And I think that's the case with the Rebuilding Michigan bonding program and the amount of work that's been going on the last few years. I mean, you you can't have it both ways, right? You can't complain that the roads are crumbling and then complain because they're fixing too many. So (laughs) that's a balance, too. Yeah. And and people will complain because... uh... Uh, they uh, take longer to get to work for a few months because there's a, a one lane uh, uh, on uh, a particular highway, which is about to take place, I think, on a portion near Lansing uh, on, on 96. So uh, uh, that uh, uh, kind of perception is always going to be there uh, where people complain about uh, uh, having only one lane uh, to drive on on a highway. But at some point, it ends, and then all of a sudden they have a wonderful uh, uh, pavement to drive on. That's right, yeah. Well, Bernie, thank you. As always, I really appreciate your insights and uh, uh, appreciate what you do to help various organizations and policymakers understand what the citizens are thinking and you know what they want. So um, we'll have to talk again sometime. Love to do it anytime, Jeff. Thank you again for listening to this week's episode. I hope you were also able to listen to last week's conversation 
with Lisa Thompson, who is the director of the Michigan Department of Transportation's Office of Business Development, which comprises many things, including the Disadvantaged Business Enterprise Program. She had some some really good things to say about what that program is doing to provide opportunities for all and her personal history and why she's doing it. And with that, since this is the final day of Black History Month 2024, I wanted to close with a reprise of an audio clip from a podcast from a few years ago when there was an event to celebrate dedicating a segment of the Lodge Freeway in Detroit as the Aretha Franklin Memorial Highway. Aretha Franklin's granddaughters were on hand, and I wanted to use this opportunity again to hear their their soaring voices. Lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven ring. Bring with the harmonies of liberty. Let our rejoicing. is bright I sing a song full of the hope that the present is brought us facing the Victory is won.